0: Welcome to another Growth Masters Federal Podcast. Your host is Shirley Collier, president and founder of Scale to Market. Scale to Market helps businesses think, plan, collaborate, and prosper in the federal marketplace by developing and executing customized, comprehensive data-driven business development playbooks. Whether presenting to contracting officers, agency representatives, TPOCs, or potential end users, Delivering an effective, convincing presentation of your company, products or services is critical to success. Shirley's guest for this informative and value-packed discussion is Glenn Richardson. Glenn is a former partner with Arthur Anderson and Deloitte, founder of Leader Sages, providing leadership and executive coaching to government contractors, and a senior business development consultant with Scale to Market. Today's focus is on presentation and content, things to highlight and pitfalls to avoid when making your pitch to federal buyers, and how to stand out and be remembered. Now here's your host, Shirley Collier, with her guest, Glenn Richardson. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Hello everyone, Shirley here. My guest today is Glenn Richardson, a senior consultant and executive advisor with Scale to Market. Glenn is a former partner at Arthur Anderson, where he led the strategy, finance, and economics practice. He was also a partner at Deloitte, where he championed an innovative managerhood program. His consulting engagements in the federal sector spanned numerous defense and intelligence agencies. Glenn is also the founder of Leader Sages and provides leadership coaching, executive consulting, and industry advisory to new and emerging leaders And their organizations. I'm very pleased to have Glenn on our team. Welcome, Glenn.
2: Thank you, Shirley.
1: So our topic today is about pitching to the government. You have presented or pitched to commercial, private sector, and business audiences, and you've presented to the federal government. What are some of the similarities and differences between the two?
2: Shirley, to begin with some of the similarities, keep in mind that government buyers contracting officers and people on the commercial side are people too. They have the best interests of their respective organizations in mind with the focus on stewardship of company or public resources. Secondly, in either case, we're trying to start a relationship with a good first impression. A good first impression between a potential buyer and a potential seller or service provider. In third, in each case, Both parties are typically open to discussion and clarification and establishing a meaningful dialogue between the buyer and the sellers or providers, or potential sellers and providers, to make sure requirements are clearly understood.
1: So that makes sense. But what are the differences between the commercial and federal sectors?
2: Well, one of the primary considerations and differences, Shirley, is that in the federal government, most interactions are relationship-based. And this is something that people coming from a commercial sales background often have to learn that gratuities gifts buying lunch providing theater or movie or game tickets that are all of these common practices and in most cases perfectly legal on the commercial side are generally prohibited or frowned upon in the public sector or in the federal government therefore it's key to establish a relationship, earn the respect and credibility from the government buyer, then generate the business. In fact, I've had the chief procurement officer of a major government agency tell me very candidly before, if you don't have the relationship, you don't have the business. The other thing that is key to establishing that relationship and ultimately the business is is having an experience base and knowledge of the government operating space. A typical question that entrants into the federal marketplace can get is, where have you done this type of work before in an organization similar to mine? Secondly, people going into the federal government marketplace need to understand that the bidding and the contracting process is quite different. Now, they're not expecting someone to be deeply knowledgeable of the federal acquisition regulation or far, but they expect an understanding and appreciation of the federal government operating space as it deals with buyer and seller behavior. And finally, there are multiple stakeholders to engage when you're selling to the federal government. They're end users, their program offices and contracting offices as well. And as a matter of fact, if you're a small business, the small business advocates are also stakeholders.
1: What about the risk profile of decision-makers versus the private sector audiences? What has been your experience and what is your advice on how to address risk in the federal sector?
2: I haven't seen enough differences, particularly in recent years, to categorize either as what I call either risk-tolerant or risk-averse. I think it comes down to the specific opportunity or decision facing the government or private sector decision-maker. Over the years, it's probably resulted from the government decision-makers becoming more risk-tolerant and the private sector decision-makers becoming, well, not so much risk-averse, but more risk-aware.
1: How have federal government customers changed over the years?
2: One of the biggest changes I've seen, Shirley, is they've become more sophisticated buyers. They've made steps in improving the processes for buying from the government and dealing with the government through significant streamlining and other initiatives. They're encouraging more dialogue between federal buyers and commercial sellers or service providers. And they're more aware of and sensitive to how changes in their schedules, their timelines, and their requirements impact commercial enterprises who want to do business with the government. They've also taken steps to change some contracting processes to see what they're getting or see what they're buying in advance. I'm reminded of the FedSIM process, which generally requires oral proposals to be presented by the technical and functional personnel that are being bid as key in a proposal, vice having company executives, business development types, and others that are very familiar with selling to the government making the presentation.
1: And that can be challenging for some of these technical folks to give public presentations like that.
2: Absolutely. But you can see how it makes sense from the government side. If they are getting the services of a program manager or an IT professional or another technical or functional type of person, they're actually seeing the person. They are, in effect, buying.
1: Buying, yes. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, Glenn, as you know, um, many of our small business clients complain about how hard it is to get a meeting or even set up a phone call with a contracting office or a program manager. Why is it so hard, and what can small businesses do to get some face time with these folks?
2: I think there's a misguided notion out there, surely, that once a request for proposal, request for quote, or other formal solicitation has been released, there can be absolutely no contact with the government. That's not true. Recently, I had the opportunity to work with a small business that had identified on a fairly significant opportunity some confusing language in the RFQ that came out. I encouraged the small business owner and CEO to bring that to the government contracting officer's attention. And in fact, she did. Not only did she get an immediate clarification, she got a big thank you from the government. Now, as the incumbent, I think she also showed the government that she possesses a keen attention to detail and generally wants to keep the business. But think about the other small businesses or other new entrants that may not have picked up those ambiguities. They, too, benefited from it. So in this case, it's really an example of how to help the government articulate their requirements. So if there was an absolute ban on communications, you could see where that would have been quite problematic. Now, in a broader perspective, how to contact a contracting officer program manager, it gets back to relationships. And the business has to ask themselves, do you have a relationship or can you form one with the contracting officer program manager? Or that contracting officer or program manager's gatekeeper or assistant or even their higher headquarters, in which case you could get referred down. That generally guarantees a callback. Look at your behavior in meetings or previous interactions. Are you known for the three Bs, meaning being brief, being brilliant, and being gone when it comes to conversations and meetings? Are you known for staying on track, on time, and on topic? In other words, do you show respect for the recipient's time? That means the contracting officer program manager generally would like to see you. Does the contracting officers or program managers' higher headquarters have a policy about openness, transparency, and accessibility, and are you using it? Whatever you do, don't give up. Or as Winston Churchill was so famous for saying, never give in. Keep trying.
1: Persistence pays.
2: Yes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah.
1: What are the lessons learned from the private sector that we can apply in the government sector?
2: Surely, I can think of a couple of them right off the bat. The first is streamlining. You know, in the private sector, we've always heard time is money, and I've seen more and more of that thought process and mantra applied to the government. And what it really means is the value of time is time being spent on redundant processes or non value added processes, to use a real consulting term there. Mm-hmm. I've seen more and more government agencies move, particularly in the contracting process, to make things simpler, easier, and quicker to facilitate better relationships and ultimately facilitate better service or product delivery so the government gets what they intend to get through the entire contracting process. The second is open dialogue, open dialogue between government buyer, private sector seller, And having that kind of openness that exists in the B2B or business-to-business transactions, again, so that requirements are accurately defined from the beginning of the process, thereby affecting quality customer service delivery.
1: The FAR generally encourages and, in some cases, requires federal decision makers to have pre-solicitation interaction with vendors, even one-on-one meetings but the characteristics of those interactions is still restricted by the FAR. How do you advise companies to sell innovation to federal agencies and engage in a dialogue without coming into conflict with the FAR?
2: Well, the FAR restrictions are intended to ensure there is no information supplied to a vendor that gives them undue competitive advantage. For example, a software vendor can't ask, if we added this feature, would you select us? The conversation needs to focus on the government's needs, not if an action by a vendor will adequately address those needs. This is an art form that experienced government contractors are very good at.
1: This is an area that confuses many small businesses. Glenn, as you're aware, we give a webinar entitled, How to Ethically and Legally Shape Upcoming Federal Procurements, that addresses this issue. Folks, if any of you are interested, please visit our website and click on Webinars on Demand, and and you can get access to that webinar. We need to take a break. My guest today is Glenn Richardson. When we come back, we'll discuss the questions you should anticipate being asked. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Scale to Market and your host is Shirley Collier. Utilizing the proprietary Davie Business Development Growth Framework, Scale to Market partners with business owners and executives to help their companies achieve profitable and sustainable growth in the federal marketplace. Email Shirley at scollier at scale to to obtain your copy of the Davie Framework. Growth Masters Federal is a nationwide community of growth-oriented government contractors, their owners and executive teams, and the professionals who support them. The mission is to share experiences and discuss timely topics on planning and executing the most effective business development and growth strategies in the complex, highly regulated, but opportunity-rich federal marketplace. And now, back to Shirley's conversation with Glenn Richardson, leadership coach and senior BD consultant and advisor on tips, techniques, and winning strategies to use when making presentations to your federal government prospects and clients.
1: Welcome back. So, Glenn, what are some key questions that people or businesses entering the federal marketplace should anticipate being asked?
2: A couple of questions come to mind, surely, that those businesses entering the federal marketplace should ask themselves. The first is, what's my unique value proposition? Why would the government want to do business with me? And why would an incumbent or let's say a large prime contractor want me or our business on their team and actually use us once we're on the team? Secondly, I'd ask myself, what's my propensity for patience, persistence, and publicity? And do I have what it takes to go after federal business and the opportunities? Because success is a combination of all three of those, patience, persistence, and publicity. Now, in terms of what you can anticipate being asked or what you might want to ask within the government contracting process, I'm reminded of two separate opportunities from personal experience. The one was after I completed an oral proposal to a large government organization. And an executive member of their team looked me in the eye and said, how do I know you won't become a permanent fixture in our organization? I explained to him that what we had just proposed, we began with an end state in mind, and that end state was to solve his problem and solve his organization's problem. I then indicated we'd love to do more work with him, but to let the quality of our work invite us back for more. I was not going to perpetuate his problem long beyond after it needed to be our value proposition was to solve the problem. Secondly, A question I asked a government contracting officer after we had won the work and we were about six weeks into it, I asked the contracting officer for a debrief, which kind of surprised him because he was used to getting requests for debriefs from people People who had lost, people who had lost, (laughs) because I wanted to know what it was we did that particularly led him to conclude in his evaluation team. So I said, why us? And he provided me three bits of guidance that I've never forgotten. He said, first, he said, you're the only team that answered one of our key questions honestly. And we asked the same questions to all the people who presented. And that question that you answered honestly was, where have you done this before? And you said, it hasn't been done before. And that was exactly right. What we're embarking on, we know, has not been attempted and everyone else began to explain where they had done the same project in other organizations. You said it hasn't been done, but you were willing to embark on the journey with us. We liked that. Secondly, everyone else talked about the teams they would form, the subcontractors they would have, the adjacent offices within their own organizations that would be represented. You showed up the oral proposal with members of that team. You had the president of one of the companies, That was one of your subcontractors. You had a member of that office you talked about, so it wasn't abstract to us. We could actually see who we were buying and how it would happen. And third, when we asked a question, who is our single point of contact? Glenn, you spoke up and said, I am. Others told us about how you would contact this person for administrative issues, another person for contracting issues, another person for operational issues. We just wanted to make one phone call. And your team had that for us. And surely I have never forgotten that, and I've employed it in just about every proposal ever since. Those are good
1: lessons learned. Glenn, I want to go back to the basics. Many small federal contractors are encouraged to meet with and give capability briefings to the small business office in their targeted agencies. This is the advice that I give our clients. Do your homework. Understand the agency's mission. Procurement practices and past and upcoming solicitations. Pitch your value proposition relative to those needs and validate your assertions with facts and figures and ask for help to get in front of the contracting office or the program management office. Are there any additional tidbits of advice that you would give to small businesses?
2: Well, remember, it's all about relationships. You were asking about getting in front of the contracting officer or the program manager. Have you established a relationship with them? Have you established a relationship with a small business office or ombudsman or the contracting officer activity or the end user or the program office or anyone else? When the small business office has an event, have you attended it? And have you attended in person and doing the normal social behavior that we do when we establish relationships, making eye contact, shaking hands, extending yourself? They're more likely to respond to your emails and calls if they have met you, have seen you in person, or can put a face to a name, or for that matter, a name to a voice. And if you've done work in a similar non-federal environment, be able to share that. This is particularly true to new entrants into the federal marketplace. Maybe they haven't operated specifically in a federal agency, but they've operated within an industry that is similar, highly regulated, high-risk, resource-constrained but that share similar characteristics. Be able to relate that to the federal government buyer. That's how that relationship is advanced.
1: Glenn, as we wrap up our discussion here, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience?
2: One thing that certainly comes to mind, Shirley, we've talked about making a pitch. We talk about making presentations. We talk about interacting with federal government buyers. Telling is not selling or Telling ain't selling. This was a piece of a white paper I published last year. What does that mean? It means to engage, to be credible, and to explain the how. I've seen this so many times in buyer-seller interactions. The potential buyer is told about the benefits and attributes, but not the specific way that a product or solution will resolve, fix, address, or otherwise benefit the buyer or recipient. Get granular. Explain how you'll do it. Avoid referring to to proven approaches and world-class solutions and other overused cliches. Tell them how you'll go about addressing the issue with processes, checkpoints, and other measures that you'll have in place that'll give the buyer or recipient confidence in you and your team's ability to deliver. Remember relationships, relate and generate, and the generation of interest will follow. Answer the questions completely and ensure your answers are pertinent and address the issues. And above all, remember, this is a dialogue, not a monologue.
1: Glenn, thank you so much for your thoughts today on this very important topic on how to sell to the federal government.
2: Shirley, it's my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Folks, if you want to get in touch with Glenn, he can be reached at GRichardson at Scale2Market.com. This is Shirley Collier signing off for now.
0: Thank you for joining us today. For more information on how to grow your business in the federal marketplace, visit our website at scale2market.com. That's scale2market.com. And subscribe to the Growth Masters Federal channel on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our webinar series on the Scale to Market website. Join us again soon for another informative Growth Masters Federal podcast. And remember to share some words of encouragement with your team today.